all these things that God did for them, brought them out of this, and then here they go back into this land, or they go into this land that he'd given them, Canaan, which was the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And then, lo and behold, they go back to worshiping these pagan, these demon gods through one of the most horrific um, means of worship, air quotes, worship that you could do, which is yeah. killing your own sons and daughters to yeah. commit to these these pagan demons. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. My name is Daniel Parks, and I serve as the National Sidewalk Outreach Director, and I'm joined, as always, by Vicki Kasiorg, who's our National Sidewalk Outreach Training Director. Hey, everyone. And I also, um, just myself, oversee all of our efforts on the West Coast. I'm the West Coast Regional Shepherd for Love Life, and just get to see some pretty amazing things that the Lord is doing on the West Coast I get to travel back and forth a lot to the West Coast and, um, again, see some pretty amazing things and um, know some pretty amazing people out there. So it's one of my other roles within Love Life. Um, and if you've been listening to this podcast episode for any amount of time, you know that we do these episodes specifically for you guys who are on the sidewalk doing sidewalk outreach. But, of course, anyone is welcome to listen. We also cover some other kind of uh, more philosophical subjects like what yep. we're going to cover today. Mm-hmm. I think more more than anything, this is more of a philosophical thing. Um, and then recently, we've also made some changes just to the format of these podcast, podcast episodes. We want to make them more like, I don't know, engaging, more encouraging for you guys. And so this is going to be our second episode where we're trying to, just a different format, a little, little different at least, where we're going to share a story that's happened on the sidewalk in one of our cities across the United States. And then a little um, segment with a training component to it, maybe something that you could learn from that story or some other thing that's come up that will just help you guys to be more effective on the sidewalk. So that's our our new format. And then after those two things, we're going to jump into sort of the, the, the overarching subject. And our subject today is going to be the unthinkable sin. So think about what the unthinkable sin is, everyone, right. as as we're going through the other part segments. Yeah, what is, what biblically is speaking, the unthinkable sin? So we're going to talk about that based on an article that Vicky has written. And so with that, oh, yeah, I want to mention, too, we're going to leave our email addresses at the end of this podcast episode. We would love to hear from you guys, some feedback on this episode, maybe some feedback on the new format. What do you think? Do you like it? Do you not like it? You think we should just jump into our subject, or is it cool to hear these stories? And give us some suggestions for other episodes that we can cover, other subjects we can cover on other episodes. And uh, also leave us a review. I kind of forget that sometimes to tell people to do that. Leave us a review. It helps us get up in the ratings and so that other people can uh, take advantage of these episodes and be encouraged and challenged by them. Yeah. 
So, yeah, you had a story so that you story, wanted to share, yeah, right? A very, very exciting story that came out of Chicago. We had done an intensive, a sidewalk intensive, where we trained the Chicago team, what, a couple months ago? Yeah, I think, like actually, that? I think it was back in April. It was in April, okay. And um, and so Chicago has been on fire. They, they, they're they being Juan, I forget his last name, Risco is Riesco. how you say it? Juan Riesco. Riesco. Yeah. So he's the leader out there, and he's doing just an incredible job, and he's got a great team um, alongside him. And they've seen, in the past two weeks, nine babies wow. saved. Wow, that's pretty amazing. It's astonishing. And on one of those days, three yeah. Were saved. Wow. In one Three day. were saved in just one day. And one of those was a mom who um, she chose life, she told them. And um, the next day they were on the sidewalk and she came back. Oh, wow. And so they said, What are you doing here? You know, and ready to start all over again. Right. And she said her friend was in there having an abortion and she was determined now to get her out. Wow. And to save that child's life, and she did so successfully. Yeah, wow. So that story is just so encouraging on on so many levels. Yeah, yeah, Um, that is encouraging. Yeah. It's encouraging because we have seen those times where we've poured into a mom. Yeah. She left the clinic, and then we find out she comes back. I mean, I've even encountered them where I I see them come back because I just happened to be out there two days in a row. And it can be very discouraging. So I can just imagine what they were feeling as they see her come back. Yeah, exactly. But then the joy that actually she's come back to help convince a friend not to have an abortion. Yeah. And then was successful. That's that's amazing. And that 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 is how powerful the word of God was in her heart. And because these are very gospel focused teams out there. So so really encouraging. And um and that flows into our tip for the day. Yeah. Which is pay attention because especially if you're there two days in a row, this is gonna happen. Yeah. If if you pay attention and you see a mom return, um and you can recognize her, you might have a greater opportunity. You've got another opportunity to to pour into her and hopefully change her from deciding to choose abortion yeah. rather than life, um, and how important it is to interact with them, because they wouldn't have known except they said, what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it turned from great discouragement into great encouragement. So, yeah. um, so always ask, you know, talk to them if they do return, and always ask as people leave the place, did you change your mind? Yeah. So that you know. That's, I think that might be part of why um, Chicago has seen so many saved babies lately. They're very conscious of that ask, did you change your mind? And right, then yeah. people are telling them, yeah, you know, I did. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's a great tip yeah. is just asking practically, did you change your mind? Because you don't know oftentimes if you don't ask, these women come scared. They're, you know, not really wanting to engage with anyone anyway. And so they're not going to offer that information to you typically without you asking. They're not going to come out of the clinic and some, some do. Yeah. But for the most part, they're not going to come out of the clinic having chosen life inside, but maybe because some seeds that you planted while they were going in or, or whatever, as they're walking out, say, oh, I changed my mind, by the way. A lot of times there's yeah. still that same fear. There's still that, you know, just unwillingness to engage with anyone else because they're there. There's some shame going on, too. Yeah. And so it is good not just to put a notch on your belt and, oh, yeah, we saved a baby or whatever. God's the one that saves babies anyway. But really, so that you have a basis for continuing that relationship. Oh, praise God, you chose life. Can I connect you with a mentor, Mm -hmm. someone that will walk alongside you? Mm -hmm. 
or what are some of the resources that we can help you with? Because we don't just want them to choose life and then see you later. We put a notch on our belt or whatever, put a number down. No, we want to get their information to get them connected with resources ultimately so they can get plugged into a church and get discipleship, right? We want to see that cycle of sin broken in their lives. Exactly. So asking that question, did you change your mind as they're walking out? can be very important in getting that yeah. relationship established with them. Yeah. 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 So quick, easy thing for everyone to think about doing. Yeah. So And good. so now flowing into our uh, big topic, which is the unthinkable sin. Yeah. So we've probably all heard uh, and read there is an un... Um, what is it? Un- unforgivable. Unforgivable. Unpardonable yes. sin. Yes. Unforgivable sin. And I guess there's a lot of mystery... Or some mystery anyways. I know you think you've got it figured out, but I don't know that everybody thinks they've got it figured out. What the the unforgivable sin um, is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, right? right? Which which there's arguments about what what exactly that means. But um, there is not only that unforgivable sin, but there is also an unthinkable or unimaginable sin. Yeah. And uh, that is found in um, gosh, Jeremiah I, chapter I may, seven. Uh, yes, it's found. It, it's actually mentioned three times in the book of Jeremiah. And the way it's phrased is, um, well, I'll read Jeremiah seven okay. thirty to thirty one. For the sons of Judah have done evil in my sight, declares the Lord. They have set their detestable things in the house that is called by my name to defile it. And they have built the high places of Topheth, which is the valley of the in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my mind. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the phrase, the unthinkable sin. Correct. It never came into God's mind. Yeah. Now, you know, did God, could God really not imagine that this God who could do everything? Of course he could. Sure. But it's a a way of saying this is just an unbelievably horrific sin. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, of course, we believe that God is eternal. Mm-hmm. The Bible teaches very clearly God knows the end from the beginning. So mm-hmm. did somehow God not know that they were going to do this? Of course he did. Now, right. that is a whole other subject for a whole other time and a whole other podcast, you know, not not this gospel-centered pro-life podcast, but maybe a theology podcast. Right. And maybe we'll do one of those. Maybe we'll start our own theology. What do you think? I know you theolo- could. I don't know I would just that. be smiling and saying, okay. <laughs> right. So, But that's a subject for that, you know, right. talking about how God is outside of space and time and how certain things happen and he knows that they're going to happen, but he's also not responsible for those things happening. Right? Again, we're not going to get into all of that, but simply what's being what's being conveyed here is this is so far outside of my will that it didn't even enter into my mind that you would do such a thing right it's so detestable yeah, it's so it's detestable so, it, it, and and what is the thing like what is he saying that is so detestable that it's it's like didn't even enter my mind that you would do such a thing yeah it's causing their sons and daughters it says to burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Some right. versions say to cause their sons and daughters to pass through the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they're offering their children as sacrifices to a false god. They're right. burning their children literally in a fire right. as a human sacrifice to these demon 
pagan gods. And that's explained even more uh, probably directly in Jeremiah 19, 4 to 5, um, filling this place with the blood of innocence. Yeah. Building the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal, to Baal which yeah. I did not command or decree. God makes it very clear. This is not what he asked anyone to do. Yeah. Nor did it come into my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And so there again, it's like, I never commanded this, never decreed right. that you would do this. And it's so unthinkable. Right. That, that in no way did it enter into my mind that you would be involved. The, again, these yeah. are the covenant children of God. These, these are the, the children of Israel that God rescued out of Egypt, and which is a picture of sin, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Egypt and slavery in Egypt. Mm-hmm was an Old Testament picture of ultimately humanity's slavery to sin. And you'll notice, if you read the Exodus story and you look carefully at the different um, plagues that God sent, Mm -hmm. each of those plagues was an attack on a pagan deity that the Egyptians worshipped. So like the frogs, there was a deity that they worshipped. There was a frog god or goddess. Right. I give give air quotes. They're not really gods. They're demons. Yeah. Same way with flies and gnats. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these different things, the Nile was one of the things that they worshipped and God turned it into blood. Mm -hmm. So he was showing very clearly that these demons, these Egyptian gods were under his judgment and that in no way should his covenant children have any part with them. He took them out of that. Right. And so here's these covenant children that he through miraculous signs brought out of Egypt, brought through the wilderness by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He even gave them water from a rock. He you know, split the Red Sea so they could walk through on dry land. We know all the miracles that God did. He did amazing things for them, manna from heaven, quail from heaven, all these things that God did for them, brought them out of this. And then here they go back into this land or they go into this land that he'd given them, Canaan, which was the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. And then, lo and behold, they go back to worshiping these pagan, these demon gods through one of the most horrific um, means of worship, air quotes, worship that you could do, which is yeah. killing your own sons and daughters to yeah. commit to these these pagan demons. Yeah. Um, and in case there's any question about about that God would not um, want this to happen, he, he reminds us in Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 17, that there's six things that he hates that are an abomination, and one of those are the hands that shed innocent blood. Yeah, yeah. So they were shedding the innocent blood of their own children. Yeah. And I I get from this, you know, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Right. This is a man who had the burden of the Lord in his heart for God's people, and not just for the sake of God's people, but for the sake of God's glory, actually. God was being robbed of his glory because his children— had turned away from him, and even the very house of the Lord, the temple, was profaned, and God himself was profaned by the the other nations Mm -hmm. because of their departure from his truth, Mm -hmm. and Jeremiah was broken over this. And as I read this, I don't get God kind of wagging his finger at the children of Israel. I get a brokenhearted father. Yeah. Over his children. Like you, you've yeah. gone so far away from my heart. You've gone yeah. so far away from the covenant that I made with you guys that you're doing these detestable things, things that, you know, even some pagan nations aren't even involved in. And right. yet you've gone so far away from me yeah. that you're offering your children. And God's word says clearly that children are a blessing from the Lord. 
right? These are children are your heritage. They're a gift. And yet you're offering them to demons yeah. instead of coming to me. I, I, I hear, of course, God's anger. God's justified in being angry and he brings judgment on them because of this. But also his heart is broken right. over the nation that have turned away from him. Now, how does this tie in to what we deal with on a regular basis, the yeah. issue of abortion? Yeah. Well, you guys know if you've been um, involved in this thing for long enough, you, you know, of course, there's a correlation here because yeah. that's what happens in these abortion centers. Yeah. And our nation, not to get too far into history and the history of our nation, but if you read history, um, you know that this nation was founded on godly principles. Mm-hmm. And that. Our nation, though imperfect, was established on the principles of the Scripture, and the foundation of of this nation was that the Lord, He is God. And yet, we have turned away. We've turned away as a nation. We know with uh, Roe v. Wade that we've killed as a nation about 70 million, probably more than that of our own children. And though they maybe have not been offered to pagan demons like Moloch or Baal, um, these babies have been offered to the God of self. Exactly. And it's a false God. It's not God. Yeah. And it is, and it, our nation is now repeating the abomination, the unthinkable sin of, the, yeah. of a parent sacrificing their own child for whatever their reason is. It's not for God. Yeah. 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 I mean, reading the history of why these, the, why the children of Israel and why the pagan nations did what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just to describe, not to get too gory into detail, you guys can Google this and look it up. It's it's known fact that these worship services took place in history, in human history, and took place in, in Israel and in the area immediately around Israel and Canaan, where they would essentially have this, this bronze demon god statue, and they would heat a fire up underneath it. Had, its arms were out kind of like... With the fingers Yeah, cupped, kind of in ready. a receptive yep. Yep. posture where it could receive a sacrifice. Yeah. And they would heat up the arms of this this statue and then place a baby on those heated up arms. And that baby would squeal and scream yeah. as in pain as it's dying in the right. fire. Right. And then in order to drown out the screaming, they would play drums. And so some people say that's where some of the, the music and the music industry has gotten some of its uh, rhythms and things from. I don't oh, know Lord. if that's true or not, wow. but at least there were some pagan um, practices that, um, you know, tied into, you know, like that, offering their children, but also music and worship. And they did this in order to get their crops to grow. Yeah, in to order to get rain the to gods right, yeah. so that they would favor them. Yeah, for um, prosperity. Yeah. They offered their sons and daughters for prosperity, for, you know, again, better crops and all that stuff. And not much different than when people kill their children because, well, I want to prosper in my college education yeah. and my career. Baby's going to get in the way of this career or even this relationship yeah, or whatever. I can't afford the baby right now. Right. And... The mentality is the same. Mm-hmm. I'm offering a sacrifice. Mm-hmm to whatever thing it might be other than the Lord that's going to make me prosper. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we hear these all the time. We have mentioned all these typical rationalizations, the dangerous rationalizations that we hear, but one of them is all sin is the same, so abortion isn't so bad. You sin, so, you know, you're as bad as me. Right. And we're telling you, there is only one time 
that God mentions an unthinkable sin. Yeah, yeah. And that's in this specific sin of sacrificing your own child. So you can't say abortion is the same as telling your wife, maybe you don't look fat in that dress. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just not the same. There, yeah, are, there are levels yeah. of sin. Yeah, and so just to be very forthright about it. Yeah. Because I've still heard even maybe, but probably not any of you guys that are listening, but if you embrace this, it's just not true biblically or practically. The idea, I've heard people say all sin is the same. It, it's not. Right. All sin is not the same. Right. All sin, I'll say it again, is not the same. Practically speaking, we acknowledge that with our legal system, right? All crimes are not the same. All, they receive different they, punishment, yeah. different consequence, different payment if it's a fine. Yeah. Yep. But beyond that, like the legal system's one thing. Scripturally, yep. all sin is not the same. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example. This is mm-hmm. a sin that God says it didn't even enter into my mind. It's unthinkable. Yeah. That you would do such a thing. And if there's an unpardonable sin, an unforgivable sin, well, then that means that uh, there's also sins that are forgivable. Yeah. So there is a difference in sins. Um, Jesus himself talks about when he's handed over to yeah. be crucified. He who handed me over to you is guilty of the greater sin. So it's scripturally, there's just zero doubt. Yeah. All sin separates us from God, yeah. but not all sin is the same. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a good point. Yeah. The Bible's very clear. God is holy. He doesn't allow sin into into his presence. So yeah. <clears throat> whether it's what you might call a white lie mm-hmm. or killing your child, mm-hmm. it's sin that will separate you from God. Right. However, to say that telling a you know white lie, so-called white lie, or stealing a candy bar from the grocery store is the same as killing a, another human being – is just incorrect. Yeah. Now, however all of that pans out in eternity, it does seem like in the Scripture there are different levels of judgment. There's different levels of um, suffering and punishment in hell. Either way, if you're in hell, you're separated from God, and sin separates you from God for sure. And so I'm not going to break down how all of that you know works itself out and all of that. God's just, that's for sure, and He's going to justly punish sin. Mm-hmm. But the scriptural... Um, plain facts are there are sins that are worse than others. And when we're talking to women at the abortion center and men at the abortion center, and they use that as an excuse, well, you sin and I sin, all sin is the same. Why are they saying that? They're saying that it's a fig leaf. They're Mm -hmm. trying to cover up their sin Mm -hmm. with a fig leaf Mm -hmm. and pretending that it's, it's not that big a deal. And so we need to be biblically literate and say in response, actually, the Bible says that there are worse sins than others. And you can point them right here to Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 30 through 31, or mm-hmm. Jeremiah 19, verses 4 through 5. You know, mm-hmm. God actually says, and this is a good response when someone says all sin is yep. the same. Yep. Actually, did you know that God says that there's a sin that's unthinkable to him? Because it's so horrific. Yeah. It's such an abomination. Yeah. And this is it. Yeah. This and is what you're about to do. What you're about to sin. do is, yes. is that very sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's helpful to just have that, again, that accurate biblical perspective yeah. on the nature of sin. Yeah. Um, of course, you're going to hear as you're pointing this out, who are you to judge? You cannot right. judge. We've dealt with that on so many podcasts, but I pr- it probably bears repeating, no, that's also faulty. Yeah. We are 
called to judge. Right. And we we have the Holy Spirit within us, which guides us to all righteousness. We do know right from wrong. We do know good from evil. And we are to call people to account. We're not to be engaged in that same sin or that's hypocrisy. Right. But we are absolutely called to judge righteously. Yeah. Yeah. With God's righteousness, not our own. Yeah. And, and I'll say that there is a difference between making a judgment mm-hmm. or judging mm-hmm. and being judgmental. Right. Right. So if I look at someone's behavior and I say that behavior is wrong, it's destructive for them and destructive for people around them. Let's say, you know, outside of the abortion issue, let's say drug addiction. Yeah. Like I can look at someone who's addicted to heroin and I can say, that's wrong. First of all, it's sin. It's destructive to you and it's destructive to your family. We all know the effects of it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I talk to them and share with them about the destructive nature of their sin, am I being judgmental? Like, am, am I just wagging the finger at them and trying to make them feel bad? Not at all. No, actually, I want... It's out of love that you would intercede in their life to say what you're doing is a path that is going to lead to so much heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, Not only to you, but to a community, and you please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm making a judgment, though. Right. I certainly am. Yeah. But I'm not being judgmental. I'm not... You know, maybe I'm being a little, you know, playing on words here, but in my mind, to be judgmental is, you know, constantly criticizing... You're trying to make them feel bad just for the sake of making them feel bad. And, and a lot of times trying to make them feel bad in order to make yourself feel better. And that's not at all what we're trying to do in that situation or when we're talking to someone who's about to kill their child through abortion. Yeah, I'm not trying to make them feel bad necessarily. I do want them to feel bad about the potential of killing their own child. But I'm not trying to make myself feel better. Trust me, there's a whole lot of other ways if I wanted to make myself feel better, I could make myself feel better. Right. Yeah. I'm sharing with them the reality of what's about to happen, and I'm making a judgment call on their behavior because I know their child's going to die, and they're going to deal with the effects of that for the rest of their life, and they're ultimately going to stand before God and give an account for that. I care about them. Right. That's why I'm doing that. Yeah. That needs to be the motive of our heart so that we're not judgmental, right? Yeah, it, absolutely. So... um you know, kind of, you can read through this this article to get some more of the specifics of this, but the, we've kind of gone over the major points. But the solution to all of this, um, you know, to whatever someone is facing is not to kill your baby. Right. But to, the solution is for the church to be the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to offer help, and to, without apology, uh, talk about the truth. Yeah, that this is an unthinkable sin. We we uh, I you know one of the things that that probably is hardest for me to hear from the pro-abortion crowd is um, abortion is healthcare. It's healthy and it's normal. Right, and we just cannot let that lie right. stand. Yeah, yeah. Be bold in proclaiming this is an unimaginable sin yeah. before the yeah. Lord. And I think it's also helpful for us to break down why is it unimaginable? Right. It's because it's taking the life of your own child. Yeah. God has given you that baby as a gift and you're throwing that baby in a sense into the fire. Yeah. Because yeah. of selfishness. Yeah. And so yeah, that's definitely something we should be sharing. I want to encourage you guys 
to uh, take advantage of this article where we go a little more in depth with this subject. That's uh, found on our website, our training and equipping website, sidewalks4life.com, under equipping articles. Also, check out our podcast website, gospelcenteredprolife.com, where all of our episodes sit. So you can search those for keywords if you're wondering if we did a particular subject. There um, no, actually 200-plus episodes that are there to take advantage of. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicky with a Y, at lovelife.org. Let us know what you think about this episode, and if you have suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to cover those. And until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you